In the name of Jesus, amen. If you were in a Lutheran congregation for worship over the weekends, chances are you have spoken the words of either the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed each weekend. Our word, creed, comes from the Latin credo, which translates to I believe. Along with the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles and the Nicene comprise what we know of as the three ecumenical creeds, those expressions of faith shared throughout all of Christendom, across the centuries, around the world. So, if asked, how would you tell someone what you believe? How would you give voice to your faith? As the Latin origin of that word credo, creed, would indicate, a creed can help you articulate what you believe. And even if you don't, and in many cases, you probably shouldn't give voice to your faith by just reciting the words of the creed in response to someone asking you what you believe, the creeds still provide a summary of what the Christian faith is all about. And using that framework, you can confess your faith. Even better, you confess the one who has given you the faith in the first place. The creeds, essentially, are distillations of what the Bible teaches us about God, about what he does to restore our relationship with him. They originated during specific periods in time when the church at large needed to clarify what we as Christians believe and teach particularly in response to false or misleading teaching that had been circulating in some corners of Christianity. The Apostles' Creed, the creed contained in the small catechism, is the most ancient of the three, and the most concise. And while we don't hold that it was written by the 12 apostles themselves, it certainly reflects the faith that was handed down by them to the succeeding generations of Christians. In a straightforward way, the Apostles' Creed, known simply as the Creed in the Catechism, frames what it means to live by faith. The Creed's place in the small Catechism following the Ten Commandments, those Ten Commandments that we heard last week, that placement should come as a comfort because we have heard that we have failed to live according to God's perfect instruction, his perfect standards. And so in the creed, we get to hear what God is doing to rescue us from our situation. The creed points us to how God has broken into his creation to bring his gifts for all. We call each of the parts of the creed an article. And the opening words of the creed, the first article, point us to the person of God the Father. These words, as brief as they might be, acknowledge the authority and the provision of God as the creator and sustainer of the universe. But then when you dig into the explanation of the creed there in the small catechism, you'll find that this confession of faith doesn't stop with an acknowledgement of just who our heavenly Father is. It's a recognition, 
It's a celebration of all those ways that God provides for us, the ways that he cares for us, his creatures. The scripture shows God the Father doesn't just provide us with what we need directly. More often than not, he is working in, with, and under what he's created to bring us his care. The Father works through the ordinary to show us his love. As the first article directs us to the Father, the second lifts up God the Son. In this article, the longest of the three, we see the heart of our faith as Christians. We hear what it is about. We confess what it means to be a Christian by pointing to Christ. In faith, we proclaim Jesus' identity as the Savior who entered into a specific time, who came into a specific place in history to live and to die for us. And even more significantly, to rise from death for us. In proclaiming Jesus' identity as the Messiah, we recognize our own. We say who we are as the redeemed children of God through his grace in Christ. God bought you and me back from sin through Jesus, who took our place under judgment. The second article stands at the center of the creed at the center of our faith. Look at that central purpose in Luther's explanation of the article. You have it right there in your bulletins as we read that together this evening. Right there at the center. That I may be his own. It is all about Jesus. It was 500 years ago when Luther posted his 95 theses and inadvertently kicked off the Reformation. And it still is for us today. It's all about Jesus. Because through Jesus, all of creation has been given the key to restored life with our Creator. Coming to the third article, we confess the person of the Holy Spirit. And more prominently here in the Creed, we confess His work. The Holy Spirit takes everything that has come in those two preceding articles and he makes it all personal. We don't see the Spirit, but we witness his work. He makes the Father's rich grace and the Son's redemption personal. He brings it to us. He brings it to you. The Spirit points us to Jesus. He connects us with God's grace. The Spirit's work is such that no Christian is left alone, left outside of community. He incorporates us all into God's kingdom, and he gives us the faith that lets us receive God's gifts. I believe. The creed frames what it means to live by faith. Faith, which is itself simply receiving God's gifts, is the thing that brings us together this evening in the season of Lent. We are people called to live by faith, receiving God's gifts and reflecting on them. Think about God's gifts. Think about what he has done and continues to do for you.
Because if you want to better understand the point of the cross in the life of Christians, go back and reread the creed. Reread those explanations there in the small catechism. Look to how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are at work to restore a relationship and the world that had been broken by sin. See how God has broken into his creation to bring his gifts to you and through you to your neighbor. Hear what God has done. Listen for his word of grace. And in faith, in community, with all the redeemed in Christ, confess the creed. I believe. Amen.